good communication skills does not mean your ability to speak english good communication skills actually means if you can simplify a complex thought for example can you press 50 thoughts into 5 and make the person that you're addressing understand in the simplest way in the most accurate way that you intend it to be understood if you can manage that then you've done a great job in being a good communicator people often hide behind the fact that well my role does not require me to be a great communicator i'm a coder i am a developer and all i need to do is show it in my work what they don't realize is there is a situation where supply is always exceeding demand and if you had to make the cut then it is this soft skill that will hold you good and if you are in a role which warrants a strong communication skill and you fall short of it then you can clearly kiss that role goodbye and so let's dive into this aspect of what constitutes a good job while you communicate internally externally and to the rest of the world hello and welcome to bus talk a podcast about your work life balance or the lack thereof where we do simple talk in the world of complex commentary the life around work and sundry it's for those who need support in strife stuck in the traffic of work life hoping to find a method to the madness joy in sadness clarity in confusion and sanity in this commotion welcome to bus talk look let's face it interviews are a bit nerve-wracking a little more for few and a little less for some but the butterflies are very evident in the stomach when you're applying for the job you know for that dream role in that dream company you tend to get a bit nervous and i'm sure there are some super men and women out there who don't feel anything but by and large all of us feel a certain degree of nervousness but that said if you communicate even your nervousness well chances are people will warm up to you and make you feel comfortable and give you a quick example of how a recent interview i was part of this interview where there were the us counterparts interviewing an indian candidate and during the course of the conversation turns out that all the open ended questions were met with a close ended answer so right at the start these people are say how's it going and the guy goes mm, bad and said okay how are you not good what happened what's happening mm, nothing and and they got like really confused as to is this guy interested in the job or doesn't is not in the right mood to talk because as you and i both know that most americans if you will are very friendly and chatty if you will you know they're very interactive they'd like to have this quick warm up icebreaker to start and you know because they don't know you right so they want to just have a quick conversation whereas many interviews locally if you will dive right in let's go down to the deep deep dive part of it so there is a slight difference and i know i'm generalizing it a little bit there are exceptions at either end of the geography if you will 
but by and large we come across little more monosyllabic what you've got to understand is yes you have a resume which clearly highlights your educational qualifications your work experience your project experience and everything but it does not tell them who are you as a person your personality you know the questions in the mind subconsciously going through them their minds uh, would i be happy to work with this person would this person be a great culture fit would this person crib about the company uh, at the slightest problem would this person be a proactive guy or would this be the eternal wait and watch kind of a person and there are to each role right or to each company culture as it were but people explore the unsaid which is absent in your resume in your resume or and, and there are some smart resumes which you know nowadays are capturing you know the personal side of uh, or the personality side of the profile but by and large people are very black and white in their resume and fairly so I, i'm not too critical about that because that's one single statement of truth you cannot fudge a resume you cannot get creative with your experiences which actually don't exist right if you have it you have it if you don't you don't so while you need to maintain the sanctity of your resume no two ways about it but there's some tinge of personality that needs to come out of that resume to give some sense remember i always mention this the job of your resume is to get an interview you get the job at the interview so there's a slight difference so unfortunately majority of the resumes do not highlight the person behind the name behind the photograph if you have one and so while you speak with people they want to know who you are as a person what do you bring to the table what is your psyche what's your mindset and a lot of these questions are at a subconscious level and so they usually start with a very simple unassuming open ended question like hey how's it going and so you might counter argue well these are covid times what did you expect me to say that wow i'm having a ball well no i'm not having a ball these are difficult times and i'm cooped up inside my residence how did you expect me to come up with great level of excitement well the answer to that is simple even if you are going through a tough time it's always good to have a touch of humor about it instead of lamenting about it yes you could be sensitive about it that yes you've gone through a difficult time but here i am looking positively towards this new challenge new role in this new organization and that keeps me happy there's a small thing that make me happy you always have a positive outlook towards the situation that you're given instead of painting a gloom and doom or a monosyllabic answer yes no good bad true false one zero people get a little put off by that and so you can't suddenly be surprised at the end of that if you do not connect with them you know there's a lot of science on interviewing skills but if you ask any seasoned people manager they will say one thing within the first 10 seconds you connect or you do not connect it's very rarely that we've seen that if you've not connected with someone suppose you have a one hour interview not connected with the guy for 30 odd minutes or 40 odd minutes and the last 20 minutes have been like superstar material very i'm not saying it has never happened it must have there are always exceptions but by and large that never happens if you've not connected in the first 10 seconds it's unlikely you will connect in the next 20 so make sure that your first openers are spectacular 
when I say spectacular, I use the word carefully. And I, I don't mean that you go and have a jingalala moment. Like, yay, you know, always mirror your interviewer. Right? If the person is happy, chatty, come across as a happy, chatty person. If the interview is, interviewer is the serious kinds, then you also be the serious one. But by and large, have a small element of conversation where they get to know you. You also get to know them. And frankly, they are not doing you a favor by offering a job and you are not doing them a favor by being available for the job. It is a professional relationship between two parties legally bound at some point in time. So people would like to explore if there is a certain degree of comfort. Is there a comfort level in working with each other? You do have to evaluate that well, I'm signing up for this particular role or I'm about to sign up for this particular role. Do I feel culturally comfortable in such an environment or am I picking up on some signs which I might not be very comfortable or some of these signs are exactly why I want to leave my existing organization. And so why get into a frying pan to fire situation? I'd rather let that opportunity pass. And yes, I know jobs are few and far. But if you are a good player, you'll always be a good player and better player. A good player does not become a bad player overnight, right? So you have to keep backing yourself to get the right fit at the right time. That said, the interviewer is also going through or the company is also exploring. Look, we have multiple resumes and people just apply left, right and center. Right? Like I've shared many times before, at least in India, for every single job application, on an average, there are 300 applicants. You are going to be one of them. Assume that the recruiter finds your resume at number 137. Essentially, what means is the recruiter has gone through 136 resumes, perhaps has shortlisted one, three or four of them, and he might need to shortlist a few more. And you are fortunate enough to be at resume number 137. If the number of shortlists get to the desired number, for example, if the recruiter thinks I only need about six of them, I've already got five, and your resume happens to be the next one to be shortlisted, imagine the plight of people who were eligible for the role but never really got a chance. They were there from resume number 138 through 300. But the recruiter already found those three, those two, those five resumes shortlisted guys, really good guys, right up front. So why even bother to go through them? Some good recruiters still do that. But in the pressure of turnaround times and quick uh, hires and um, strong agendas that people have, the earlier you find, the better. The rest can wait for a next opportunity, next hire, whatever will park them aside. So if you do manage to get into an interview, you've got to do that basic homework really well. You've got to know the company. You've got to know a little bit about the news about the company, their profile, their background, then about the role. I often come across a lot of people who just say, well, tell me about the role all over again. I said, then how did you apply? He says, oh, no, we have we just applied to so many places. I don't know. I'm like, really? So you're, what do you expect? Are you doing me a favor here that you just turned up for the interview? Is that the attitude you want to display? 
right? While you, I agree that you don't need to be desperate or come across that if you don't give in the job, I'll die kind of a thing. You don't want to present yourself like that. But on the flip side, you can't present yourself as, well, I couldn't care if you give me a job. If you, if you don't, somebody else will. Uh, and that reeks of unprofessionalism. You've got to come across excited about the opportunity. And to be frank, if the opportunity does not excite you, then actually don't go for the interview. How difficult is that? right? So you come across with the correct attitude that, look, I researched about the role, the job description. It looks like a 7 on 10 fit. The reason I put it a, a 7 on 10 is because here is the five things that the role demands and I have done exactly the same. The reason I don't put it on a 10 on 10 fit is because here are the three things I'm unaware of and I'd like to explore these questions in our conversation moving forward. Alternatively, I'm unaware of these three questions and so I've, each company has their own culture set, own charter and so I'd be very open to listening and learning which will move the needle from 7 on 10 to say a, a 8 on 10 or perhaps even a 9 on 10. I, If you ask me on a side note, I never consider a 10 on 10 because that means you are God's gift to people kind. You have no room for improvement or there is nothing further to know or learn or imagine. So I'm, I'd be happy like a 7 on 10 with the scope to move to 8 on 10. So you have to present yourself like that. Look, And that kind of warms up the people. They are also tired of hearing the standard responses, resume after resume, month after month, year after year. Well, what are you? Why did you quit your previous job? Oh, the manager was nasty and the company was bad. They didn't pay me enough salary and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, seriously? The fundamental prerequisite is do not bitch about your previous organization. No matter how tough a time that you've had, do not bitch. It's unprofessional, right? You've had a difficult relationship, you, but that's a thing of the past. You're not carrying that baggage into your current organization. That's what people want to see and make sure and ensure that you are now reset, your mind is fresh, you want to move ahead. Always remember that no matter how much you've been wronged, there always will be a two sides to the coin. There is Because the interviewer knows that that's just one part of the story, there has to be the other side of the story as well. And so you never know. The person might just connect the dots and say, oh, I already know about this particular person. They are simply being impatient about a role. For example... Somebody said, uh, asked, why did you quit the previous job? He said, oh, I've spent a long time in that role and I got frustrated there was no growth. I said, oh, really? So how long did you spend? He said, more than 1.8 years. And the guy said, what do you mean by more than 1.8 years? Do you mean 1.9? Do you mean 2.9? What do you mean? He said, no, actually 1.8 only. So then why do you say one more than 1.8? Why do you want to make it sound bigger than it actually is? How long will you work? He says you will work 30 years. And so 10% of that is three years. You've not even con completed three years of work experience and you're presenting that 1.8 years as, as if it is like 18 years. Well, friend, it is not 18 years. 1.8 is 1.8. You're still in the bracket of being a fresher or maybe an early career stage up until five years, people will still consider you as a early career stage, no matter how you word it. So you don't want to word yourself as more experienced than you are, because basically you're doing that to attract more salary. 
or more compensation. But people get it that, you know, when you open your mouth, a guy with, say, a 15-year experience will have a different vocabulary than a person with, say, a five years. And there are exceptions, as always, I maintain this. But by and large, there's a big difference. And so please be cognizant of it. That Don't try to come across as a 15-year work experience guy when you are, you've actually not crossed five. All I'm trying to say is stay true to what you are and people will acknowledge what you can do and you cannot do. And you have to present the same thing in a much more interactive, in a positive frame of mind so that the person is happy to work with you, happy to have you in their team. That's what everybody wants. Nobody wants a grumpy face and like, oh my God, what will this guy do uh, once he gets in and so on and so forth. So oftentimes, you will realize that resumes get rejected not just because maybe there isn't enough qualification or relevant experience. Sometimes it's the overall personality. Like, yeah, the guy has or shows the right, he checks the boxes on the role requisites, but it doesn't come across as someone that will collaborate well, that will work well with the team or understands the team culture at all. And so many of the tier one organizations look for the culture fit. And they know that you can't fake a culture fit, no matter how much you read up or study up or watch a YouTube video. You can't fake a culture fit because there is this core makeup that you have. And so it's important that while you start your career, you get your mind reset that you are applying for a role that you really want to do. You've done the research about the company. You have a fair idea about their products or services and the role impact in the business. These four things are very critical for you before you apply. Once you have that conversation in the interview, make sure that you come across as a pleasant personality, which people love to work with. And the fact that you're delighted to be given this opportunity, remind yourself that there are 300 other applications, just similar profiles like yours, who could just as well get the job like you could. And that said, also don't come across as very desperate, over-pleasing, over-talking and over-friendly. That backfires as well. And if you find that tricky, it is. And welcome to the real world. Because if you tilt or sway on either extreme, it backfires. If you are too unfriendly, too unapproachable, too uninterested, for lack of a better expression, that doesn't work. On the flip side, if you are too excited and too over-friendly, then that doesn't work either. So you have to find this right balance and the balance can be found by listening and mirroring your interviewer. Once you mirror what they are saying, you will be able to replicate and rephrase what they are saying. A common situation I often come across is you just go blank when there is a question, right? And you just don't know the answer. It's just not striking you at that time. A simple way out of that is just rephrase the question so, what you were asking me, if I understood that correctly, is ABCD. Did I miss anything in that or do you think I covered the question correctly? Spontaneously, the person will say, yeah, you, you were fairly accurate, but let me elaborate this a little bit more. And if you still don't get the answer, it's okay to say, look, oops, you know what? This seems, uh, the answer seems to be escaping me at this point in time. Can we revisit this at a later point? I would be happy to answer further questions. So come across also as a professional, right, who understands, right, who's not kind of making a fool of themselves, right? You understand that 
you've been asked a straightforward question and at the moment you're not able to answer that and that's fair it it happens it happens to the best of us but you recognize the moment and then you move do something about it and move on and all of these things you might think oh this sounds so difficult well practice it you know stand in front of the mirror record yourself hear how you speak have some basic 10 questions tough interview questions and answer them and rehearse please do not take interviews for granted please don't think that you just need to turn up and people will be so impressed by your qualifications and experience that they'll just say sir please come and join us and god bless if you've reached that stage in life where people invite you to be a part of their organization but by and large till such time you reach there you would have to turn up well be excited and come across as a solid professional who people would love to work with so the next time you go for an interview go well prepare well sound happy and communicate the positivity of the opportunity to the interviewer mirror the interviewer but don't mimic them <laughs> there is a difference i hope you understand that you mirror them but you don't mimic them kind of backfire so prepare well do your homework do your research don't give flat answers like i don't know what i applied for i applied to so many places these are just so no no so don't do that do some show some intent that you really serious about this role i think that's you're really earnest about it i think that's what most interviewers would love to pick up in the in your conversation have a good conversation interactive conversation open ended conversation and therefore make it a pleasant experience at least from your side there are some nasty interviewers and there are some ego battles that happen in many cases but by and large if you make a pleasant conversation you will also receive a pleasant conversation so good luck for your next role do well and let me know in your comments and suggestions if any of this made sense to you helped you or if it did not that's fair as well uh, let me know i'll try and improve myself but if it did help you do leave a note and be delighted to share your experience in subsequent episodes And that's about it for this episode of Bus Talk. I do hope you had a good time listening as much as I had sharing these thoughts with you. And if you did, just scroll below and find other episodes of Bus Talk. Share it with others who might appreciate similar content. Here's the good news though. If you had any specific questions or want me to cover a specific topic which matters to you, send me a note on my email gyanban@gmail.com, which is g y a n b a n at gmail.com, and I'll include them in the subsequent episodes. Or you could leave me a voice message using the link below. Reach me on my social media handles on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram #gyanban. That's gyanban. or you could go on to podpage.com/bustalk that's b a s t l k so be sure to tune in next week there is a fascinating episode coming right up and till then stay safe stay well and bring your a game to work you were listening to bustalk and i'm your host gb peace out